When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 405, Secret Invasion, Season 1, Episode 5, Harvest, and 6, Home. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and as you just heard Clark Gregg say, this is a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of course, lately it's been mostly just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But for this episode, we're talking about Secret Invasion. And for this episode, we're talking about the finale, the season finale of Secret Invasion. And the stars have aligned for this extra special episode about an extra special finale, but not really. But it's extra special because I'm not just here alone. I'm here with Samantha. Hello. And Stuart. Hello. How are you? And Daniel. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend. <gasps> Dandy Daniel Butcher. <gasps> <sighs> the four of us. I am so excited about this. I Together am. again for the first time, here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. I thought you were going to go Muppet yeah, movie. Right. I really did. I didn't think you were going to go silver spoons. I mean. I thought you were going to go Muppet movie. What, what can I say? I'm old yeah, school. Yeah, but the Muppet movie is old school. Together again. <laughs> so. Together again. <laughs> Daniel has joined us. This is the first uh, MCU proper episode for a long time that he's been able to join us for. And how appropriate that he joins us for this episode. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. It is. This is this is awesome. I've been looking forward to this train wreck of an episode for weeks now, <laughs> since the first time I heard Stuart's excitement Daniel, about Secret Invasion. on this episode is fantastic. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm just I look forward, Stuart, to hearing all about how your expectations, which yeah. you knew were going to grow, yeah. how they that's, all that's paid off for you. That sure is a thing. Yeah, this is going to so you know awesome. how a roller coaster works. No, a roller coaster works with inertia and it pulls you up slowly and then it drops you. And there is just that joyful delight as it drops you for the first right. time. But after that first drop. None of the other drops, unless there's another effort given to the roller coaster to pull you up again, none of the drops that follow that first drop are ever going to be as exciting as that first drop. And eventually, you're just going to roll in and slow to a stop. That's what Secret Invasion was to me. You have that first drop, and it's like, wow, this is great. And then there's some more hills. Yeah, this is great. And then finally... You coast in, and there's a couple little dips that still give you a little feeling in your stomach, but 
we need to talk about it. We need to talk about this. Hey, I've I've been on roller coasters recently, and believe me, I did end with a huge adrenaline rush. No, that's that's the whole point of the roller coaster. I mean, they they, they do have to slow down so you can get yeah. off. Yeah, but it's just I'm my blood is still pumping the adrenaline as I'm slowing down and getting off, and sometimes even feeling a little dizzy. Let me say it this way: I am not excited to get off this roller coaster and get right back on. That is something I have done in the past. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I got it. Okay, we're done with that. So how many of you have watched these two episodes twice? I'm watching Me. it a second time now. Yeah, but that doesn't count when you're recording about it, watching it quietly in the background. I, I only watched them once. I mean... <laughs> And I and I had to yeah, well, I had to work if, hard to watch the to watch the last one. I yeah. So here. episode five. <sighs> Come on, people, do your homework. Look, seriously. Daniel, <laughs> we've been doing the reading for a long time. Okay, where are your five pages of notes? Where are your five pages? They're of right notes? here in my hand. Jeez. My five pages of I notes. I usually that have I them, Professor uh, Butcher, but I just don't have them today. I'm sorry. <laughs> just embarrassing you know what's embarrassing i'll tell you what's embarrassing episode yeah, six of secret invasion that's embarrassing <laughs> yeah you can't you can't talk about six till you talk I about mean, can't we can't so here's the problem with this episode with having all four of us on i have a feeling that there's nobody that's going to be like super defending <laughs> what's going on here and and that's just unfortunate that's and that's actually part of the problem is that they didn't create something worth defending. In fact, what they created for me is something that I can see the remnants of like a really strong, taut thriller. But instead, we got this. Which doesn't know what it is. Doesn't want to be anything particular. Is just like, I'm a thing. You're going to watch me because, yeah, and... And that's highly disappointing because how long have they had to work on this? And I would think that Sam, can I call you Sam, Mr. Jackson, um, would have had a lot of influence because, again, it's not like he's gotten to be a feature star as Fury for the entire run of something. And it, it is this something that even he, at the end of the day, is in love with? There's no purple <laughs> lightsaber for him here. Well, and and I've heard people say earlier in the series, it feels like he's just going through the motions. It feels like he's not. And and, and I never felt that until these two episodes. I. I, And again, this is me backing off and I don't want to make this episode super, super long. But is it me or is there moments even when we look at like production and script where it's like to save money, we stuck him in generic beat down place junkyard train yard and had him walk for a while and not really being Samuel L. Jackson because we needed to get a scene in that was kind of within our budget. And so the script had to kind of lead to that. So see those, never those scenes felt where, yeah, where exciting. Sam Jackson is being Nick Fury and um, one might even say shaft. Uh, he's, I enjoyed those scenes. Because I enjoy seeing Sam Jackson walk like he's um, Shaft and uh, uh, and Nick Fury and all that, but like I had no connective tissue 
I would have been fine if they had a whole series of Sam Jackson being Shaft. But they didn't. <laughs> it's like there's two different stories. No, they had a whole series of they had a whole series of Fury holding off on actually revealing what's going on behind yeah. his his head. The, holding off uh, and this is episode 6 stuff, so I, I maybe I should stay away from. Although was it some of it was in episode 5, I think. Yeah, yeah. The episode 5 part where he's talking about how um the the blip affected him, right? And so he he briefly mentions it and you kind of get an idea of what they were trying to present. But he's standing there and it's the whole thing, it's the whole trope of okay, this is your solo show and so why aren't we bringing in Iron Man? Well, he's dead. So that won't work. But why aren't we bringing in your friends? And he says that none of that we can't depend on superheroes to come swooping in. None of them have lived my life. None of them can defend the world the way I can. And then he talks about the only power I have is between my two ears. It was put there by my single mother and by a woman I don't deserve. And then he says, um, if that ain't enough, I don't know what hope we have. If that ain't enough, maybe I am just dust. And I wish they would have spent time on that. I wish they would have spent time exploring that. And instead, they're... It's like they said, well, we did spend time exploring that by having him not talk about it, by having him put it off until this point. It just it felt. First of all, the whole his whole explanation about not letting them swoop in. First of all, these are people mostly who live on Earth and who call Earth their home and who would gladly step up to help. And then he says the only power he has, if that's not enough. Well, no, it's not enough. Because what happens in episode six, we'll talk about it, but he goes against this completely. How does he, what does he do in episode six? He, he says, I can't bring in the superheroes. So instead I'm going to give ultimate power to a supervillain and ultimate power to create my own superhero and hope that that's enough that she can win the battle. And we'll get there, but he's there's so many times where they flip flop and they're like, we have to explain this, but we still have to do this other thing that goes against the explanation. And it just, it feels untrue. But, but Ben, 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 superheroes are the most unobservant um, individuals in the universe. <laughs> they don't pay attention. Giant guy comes out of the ocean. How many superheroes show up for that? I mean, some of them can move really fast. Zero, maybe, but we we have a pending nuclear war between um, the United States and Russia. How many superheroes are taking concern? None. I mean, none of them are watching CNN. We're we're getting into my fix. Don't know what's going on. We're getting into my fix, which is how to fix this whole issue or many issues for this, and that is to shorten the time frame of the actual events and shorten the time length of this series. Maybe do three episodes, maybe do a two and a half hour movie. But if they shorten the time frame, then, yeah, you don't have the heroes have they don't have time to react and they don't have time to get communication out to the heroes. He had all the time in the world to contact some of these super powerful friends. And instead of giving the ultimate power to the villain who wants to destroy all life on Earth, they could have brought in heroes who could defeat him at the power level where he was right then. And you could still brought Gaia into it because she matched up with that power. So you have Gaia versus Gravik, plus bring in Spider-Man, plus bring in Falcon, plus bring in Winter Soldier. These are not 
Captain Marvels that you're bringing in to completely, you know, overwhelm with power. No, we'll just make our own Captain. Exactly, Marvel. exactly. And and it's a <laughs> but but this is a comic book superhero issue. This happens all the time. How many times have you read a comic book and there's a major like the world's going to end event? And it's one superhero versus one bad guy, but it should be all over the news. Everything's going to die and none of the other superheroes show up. It, it This is comics. Don't have him say, I'm not going to use superheroes if he's just going to create his own superhero. That's his plan is to create a superhero. The end of this thing <sighs> should have been just take here's we're getting into the end, but here's my fix. Take out all the super scroll stuff. Take it all out it messes things up it muddies the water just make it about the the leader of the scrolls who wants to take over the world and it's a secret invasion it's a quiet war it's something that you know you don't have a time to bring in these these other heroes or whatever and so you have the showdown could still be him versus gaia because he killed her father sure we definitely want the showdown with him and Rhodey. And so, you know, you have those two different showdowns going, but take out all the super scroll stuff, take out this superhero battle in a deserted, whatever, uh, uh, or radioactive wasteland or lean into it like nobody's business, make it like the number one threat. And it's a big deal because, because neither of those two things are big deals. Super scroll isn't a big deal. Nick Fury isn't a big deal. One of them needs to be a big deal. And that's where you have the, the threat of World War Three. That's the big deal. And you have the situation that comes up where it's all this secret war. It's all this stuff going on behind the scenes that only Fury can navigate. And he you end up with that same kind of a showdown. Yeah, it's not a big superhero brawl. It's not a big light beam from the sky. It's what this should have been, which is Fury being Fury and doing what only he can do. And it it just it gets messy when you bring in all the DNA stuff, the super scroll stuff. It just gets so, so messy. And then your emotional climax that Gravik has where Fury is admitting to all this stuff, and it turns out it's not even Fury admitting to it. And it just it's it's false. So that's part of my problem with all this. And <laughs> I feel like did, yeah. did the show even really address why he left Earth after he snapped back? I don't think they. St- I still. Don't oh, think I they don't did. know if you. I don't know if you saw this, but what happened is one night his <laughs> padron attempted to kill him in a hut. <laughs> Or he attempted to kill his Padawan. And then, you know, he got really depressed about it and then hid with the It was the his nephew, yeah. You know. and, and then the turtles came about. No, they, they, talk about <laughs> they talk about him going to space to protect Earth from another Thanos-level event. Like, that's... he. You know, he's his whole thing is, I have to go protect Earth. And then he also seems to be running away from his true feelings. And, of course, that means he's cut off himself from... All relationships, which includes Talos, and which we saw in, in Spider-Man. Um, yeah. He's a depressed middle-aged man who's hiding from his problems. He's a depressed old-age man. I mean, he's 70? Yeah. Well. 80? He's, he's up there. I mean, I mean the, my problem is, is, in my mind, I wanted them to give him the infinity formula in this, and then, you know, we wouldn't worry about his age anymore. <laughs> but, hey, 
Okay, so I'm going to semi, again, keep recording. I'm going to semi-pause this conversation for one second. Ben, I'm worried your whole point about it should have been a movie that Marvel learned their long wrong lesson because they're taking armor wars, which would be perfect for episodic and they're turning that into a movie. Well, and this, uh, this could have been a fantastic six episode series if they had focused in, in a different way. And yeah. And you two thought that it was going to be threat, yeah. threat, threat back in episode yeah. one. To your point, Daniel, I think what happened was they're growing too far too fast. And just like, you know, the, 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 the dwarves in the mines of Moria, they don't know what they have. And then now that they are um, having to reconfigure all of their uh, money, <laughs> their debt money, they're like, well, what can we do? We can make Armor Wars a movie instead of this a movie. What? Okay, so part two of this semi-pause. Can someone who's an adult, because it seems that we're very, very off track, just summarize these two episodes so we don't have to worry about it anymore? Yeah, yeah. Okay, ben, so go. Yeah. here's what happens. Here's what happens. Gravik is a bad guy, <laughs> and he's such a bad guy that he's willing to put his own people on the line to get revenge against Fury. And so his plan is to cause World War III. His plan is to let everyone attack new Skrullos and innocent Skrulls can die in service of this greater plan that will give Earth to the Skrulls. So as he's going along and as he is ranting and raving and monologuing, he's also killing his own people. He's hurting his own people. They actually have an assassination attempt against him, which is one of those roller coaster bumps I was talking about. Meanwhile, the president is in the hospital and Fury has to leave the president alone in the hospital because Fury can't be there. He doesn't have authorization or whatever he he's just he, he's not official enough he has to go he has to leave there's a little bit of a conflict between him and roadie a little bit of a, of a showdown a face down and it's nice that's where you get him just thumping roadie on the head with his with his pistol uh and also meanwhile sonya is going and doing her own investigations for the uk's uh secret service and so she is going around and she is finding out what's going on. She is doing what Fury should be doing if the series was more like what I thought it was going to be like, where she is confronting Skrulls who are within her government. She is confronting the Skrull plan and by you know going out, actually confronting the scientists who worked on the machine, and they actually now have the plans to the machine, which we don't know is a part of the plan here, is they have the plans to the machine. They know how it's going to be used. Fury then, he has... No choice. Gravik has contacted him and says, bring me the harvest. Well, what's the harvest? The harvest is DNA that Fury sent Skrulls to the battlefield from the Battle of Earth, where every single Avenger spilled blood. Their own blood was spilled, I should say. And so they now have DNA from Captain Marvel. They have DNA from... Tony Stark. They have DNA from all these people who were there. And Fury takes that. Fury has now hidden it within a gravestone that apparently he has all over the world. He has these little um, safe houses with gravestones and eye patches all over the world. And he goes to get it with Sonya. 
Why? So that he can give it to Gravik because Gravik says he'll stop his plan if Fury does. And so, Fury, at the end of this episode, he's got a plan. He calls in and says, I'm ready for my plan. And he walks away dramatically with eye patch in place. That's basically episode five. Uh, did I miss? Yes, I did miss that um, Vara had an assassination attempt against her that was ordered by Gravik. And Gaia goes to Vara's house, Priscilla's house, and they fight off the assassinate uh, the assassins after burying or doing a, a burial ritual for for Talus, which was a sweet moment. That's episode five. It definitely a Jedi moment. Should I continue and talk about episode six and then we just talk about everything all in one lump, or do you want to just focus in on episode five here? I think it's best for you to just go ahead and do six and then let's do the okay. whole lump. I mean, the biggest thing that I would like to see a little bit more Sonya shooting scrolls. I mean, it's the best way to determine whether or not someone's a scroll. There are two things. It seems responsible. Yeah, there are two relate. Well, there are three Fury relationships that I really wanted to see more of. One of those Fury relationships was her, it was him and 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 Vaya, uh, Vara, Vara, Priscilla. Um, but we actually do get to see some of that resolution. But the other was him and Sonya, which. We don't really see much of, but we get more of Sonya in this next episode, and it's good stuff that we get from her. So Fury walks into the base. Rhodey is in the hospital with the president, and we have these two things kind of happening side by side that we're intercutting. So let's just talk about Fury first. Fury walks through the the new Skrullos, which has radiation. He's taking the pills. He walks in. There's nobody around. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. There's just nobody there. And then he finally gets to the machine, and that's where he and Gravik have their showdown they're they're monologuing showdown fury's getting more and more sick drops the pills directly on a water uh drain and the pills go down and the one pill that doesn't go down graphic steps on and it's it's this intimidating moment and now you have this emotional back and forth where graphic is saying you know why i took this face i took this face because it's the first victim i ever had and you're the one who sent me after him but he had a family and you did this to me and and then uh fury is like well you, you know what uh you're right you're right and and, and i'm gonna give you this that you want and take this use it but then get off the planet go go and 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 then fury's like but i i could never find a planet for you anyway so the plan shifted over to when i realized i could never find a planet this plan shifted over to just finding a way for you to live here but it, we knew it wasn't going to work you can't change people's hearts you can only save their lives and so gravik uses the dna and turns into super super scroll He's not just Super Scroll. No! It's not just Super Scroll with four powers. It's Super Super Scroll with all the powers. And he gets aggressive with Fury. But that's when we find out Fury was also affected by the machine because Fury was in there. But he's human. It shouldn't have been a problem. Oh, it's not Fury. It's Gaia. We have a switch up. We have a double double switch. I don't know what we're going to call it, but whatever it is. Uh Gaia then fights Gravik to the death, and that's 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 that portion of things. In the hospital, 
you have someone coming after the president and Rhodey's like, we got to protect the president because, you know, if, without the president declaring war, this is going to be a problem. And he's he's got the uh, the people from the you know, representatives from the United States government. He, they're saying it might be a false flag thing. The Russians didn't do this. He's like, no, no, no. It's 100 percent the Russians and the scrolls. No, no, no. We got to start this war. We got to start this war. Meanwhile, someone's coming. Who's coming? It's Sonya. Sonya's coming. And she's got some great one-liners and it's wonderful. And then who else is coming? Fury. Cause that's where he was all along. He wasn't at New Skrullos. He was in the hospital and it's, it's the, you know, it's the double twist or whatever. And you have the standoff in the hallway that ends with Fury putting his gun down, Fury trying to convince the president to shoot Rhodey, shoot that guy who's to your right. Sonya has a gun to Rhodey's head. She could have done it at any point, but um, you've got, but the president might've shot her right away. You know, who knows? And so there we have the showdown here and it ends with Fury shooting Rhodey, revealing he's a scrawl. And then we have the, the finale of the series. You have the finale where the president still makes a speech, calls scrawls the enemy. We have this aftermath where you have um, a, a, a show, a head to head with uh, the president and Fury and Fury is like, we shouldn't have done that because now people are killing people that are scrolls and killing people they think are scrolls. And the president says, if you really care about the scrolls and get them off this planet, get them off this planet. And so with him, he they're able to set up a peace summit with the Cree and that might help them out, might be able to get them to a world where they can live. Vara agrees to go with him back into space and and might even be there for the next movie and so she says i'll go with you but then i have to come back here because i'm doing work here and and so he's like yeah yeah i love you for who you are and then the gaia aftermath is that she and sonia team up and sonia says we're not going to repeat the mistakes of talos and fury we're not going to let love and friendship get in the way of what is really just going to be a good bargain you need help and I want to work with you. I need you. Let's do this together. And so the series ends. And that's our series. <laughs> and then, Stuart, I think it's a great time for you to tell us how much you love this all. Mr. Butcher, we did not invite you back onto the show to be rude. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, n- this... <laughs> Actually, actually, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's the funny part. No. Okay. So what I, what I missed from this was who, who's like, what's important in this story. And, and I guess maybe they didn't understand or they didn't have an idea or, you know, I wasn't in the writer's room to tell them what was important to me. I don't know, but I wish there would have been something telling us what happened after after uh, Fury came back from the blip. We've seen this before. Yes. We've seen this in um, Yelena with, uh, in Hawkeye. We saw it in a couple of other situations. So I would have liked to have seen him come back and then, like, why is he up in space? All that sort of stuff. As you're going through your recap, Ben, I was wondering if that isn't setting up something to do with the Marvels. And and it was like, oh wait a second, we're gonna see the Cree and the Mar and the Scrolls have a conversation in the Marvels. Now it could be just a throwaway thing because you know 
Marvel is good at that lately. But I don't know. It'd be it's going to be interesting to see what the Marvels does with this. Because didn't we talk about before that this was supposed to come out after the Marvels? No, the Sam was it? The, the Marvels <laughs> was supposed to come out the weekend after okay. this. So this is supposed to lead into the Marvels at some point. Yeah, no matter what, this happened before the Marvels. Marvel, not Marvels. <laughs> Originally, Haunted Mansion was supposed to be in the fall, and Marvels was supposed to be here. Yeah, and, and Haunted Mansion actually was the better uh, synergy with this series because this series is not worth watching. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 I don't know that it's not wow. worth no, watching. They, so, no. It, okay. Yeah, I'm wrong. I, it is worth watching because there are some great moments that we'll yeah. talk about. But... I have strong feelings. <laughs> so uh, clearly, Stu's got Stewart's got strong feelings. Ben's got strong feelings. Can I be honest with you? My feelings are: I neither love nor hate it. Well, Sam, what are your strong feelings? Do you have strong feelings? <laughs> Let's just get this all on the board. Overall, I was really bored <laughs> by the show, and I feel like they were lucky to get Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman. I, I kind of want to call her a middle-aged Queen Elizabeth, but no, she was established as a great actor before The Crown. Um, I only knew her from her comedy, and so I didn't see any of her dramatic stuff ever. And so from I, I went from seeing her just do funny to this, and it's like, wow, this is... I want to see her do dramatic now. As this, like, lawful, so, chaotic so I- character? Oh, she is fantastic yeah. as that awful chaotic character. That's exact great phrase to use. So, so what I'm hearing, everybody, fellow agents, is of the rankings, Daniel likes it the most, followed by probably Sam, then probably Ben, then probably Stuart, and Daniel at liking it the most is like, eh. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think, I and think, Sam, and Sam is on board. No, I, I think Ben is more like it's okay. It's it arches. It gets you from point A to point B, and then the rest of us are like. Meh. No, 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 no. Well, no. but 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 I, I am not so, Sam. That's but, perfect. Does this get us from point point A to point B? Because what was supposed to be next is Marvels, and the rumor is, I mean, it was confirmed, was it not, that Maria is supposed to be in Marvels? I don't think that. So is it scrolled? I don't think Maria? I ever heard that though. I had oh. heard that that it was confirmed she so, was supposed to be. And and are we going to go into Marvels with a scroll human war? I've I mean, was that, that ever the I intent? Can't verify that rumor anymore. So we don't know, is what we're saying. Well, well, it wouldn't be the first time they've erased somebody from a movie. I, I just, okay. I, I do not say it's okay. It gets us from point A to point B. That's, that's not, it takes us to the wrong point Bs. And there's multiple point Bs. And they should have just had a very streamlined focus but instead it gets muddy, it gets messy, and the script then has to trip over itself mm-hmm. to make it work, and it can't. It can't make it work. So here's the problem. Episode four, which was the, my first <laughs> – episode four was the first Ben rants and everyone else puts up with it. And I feel like this is going to become <laughs> the, that for this episode. But here's the deal. Episode four, that whole m- – Book first. What? I need a book or something. Just let me you know how long play, it's play plants versus zombies. And then, but, um, <laughs> that's an old callback, everyone. Very, very old callback. I don't even. 
No, but here's the thing. It makes no sense. You have the battle scene that I thought was already messy because you're, you have these people who have motivations that aren't acting on them and should have been in that battle scene. Then you have the scene where Talos is dead and that's, but that's not enough. You know, it's never enough. Never, never. <laughs> and so you have uh, Gravik speechifying to his people and his people are, wait, you ordered Fury's death. You ordered Vara to kill Fury and then you could have killed him right then, right there, but you didn't. And he says, well, that's because I need what Fury has. He has what I need. That's why I didn't kill him. So why did you ask Vara to kill him in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. And so then when they question him on this, he kills the guy who questions him and says, he thinks he has a voice. He doesn't. Okay. Trope. Kill the henchman. That's, that's how evil he is. But the problem is he's not consistent. It doesn't make any sense. And it continues. It continues. Rhodey could have killed Fury or taken Fury prisoner at any moment. They could have taken Fury off the board, taking him to the scro- to New Scrollos, put him on the machine. At any point in that hospital in episode five, they could have done that. They didn't do it. Rhodey just lets him go. Granted, Gravik didn't tell Rhodey, don't let him go. But I feel like Rhodey should have been, hey, this is a problem. I shouldn't let him go. Let's at least take him prisoner or kill him. And then Gravik gets mad because Rhodey killed him. But there was no reason for Rhodey not to arrest him, especially when in 60 seconds they're going to release the video. Why did they have to do that? Because plot. That's why. They needed Fury to not be captured yet. But what if they had just captured him there? Gaia goes in. Gaia rescues him. Gaia, then she's angry because... Gravik killed her father, but that's Fury's plan. Fury's plan is I'm going to get this opportunity. Gravik can confront me. I can confront Gravik. I can admit my sins, but I'm going to let Gaia go after him or something like that. You know, just take it and streamline it, bring it all together. Now, the so the scenes with Rhodey and Fury are fun. They are tense. There's emotional truth. There's just not plot truth going on here. Uh, but the other, here's another thing. Okay. I'll do one more thing and then I'll let you guys talk and then I'll, I'll rant about something else. But the whole bank scene with Vara, where she goes through this whole rigmarole to get a pistol to use, to assassinate fury. And it turns out the entire house is just stocked with weapons and bombs and guns. I forgot all about the bank. Why didn't she that? Oh, Oh man! I just <laughs> I about these that are too. little things where it's like, okay, it's a great moment. The bank scene is a great moment, but you got to choose one or the other. Choose which great moment you B- want. Ben, 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 Ben. Ken wanted to make sure she used his gun on Fury. You know, Kins are very, very, you know, selfish yeah. sometimes. I don't know about Kens. I just know about Gra- Gravik was in the Barbie movie. <laughs> Gravik was a Ken in the Barbie movie. If you've seen the Barbie movie, you understand that. Um, I haven't seen it, and we'll talk about what I haven't seen in our post credit. Okay, I'm going to back off a little bit because me, I've got more. And I've got I think more. I can sum up your more. For me, there's a lot of great moments, but zero connective tissue. Zero reason why we're here. Bingo. There's a lot of cool things, uh, you know, Maria Hill getting shot. I mean, 
that's an emotional, it's not cool. I think they did it wrong, but it didn't mean anything. Um, the the scene, the the shootout on the the Russian airfield, that's a cool scene. Doesn't mean anything. Um, Rhodey being a scroll, that's kind of cool. It has implications for the past, you know, fifteen years. Doesn't mean anything. Oh, oh! I want to talk about that later. And I, I think do it can, think go, that somewhere, can go somewhere, but it doesn't mean anything in this series. Nope. No, I think it is going to go somewhere. I'm going to raise it. Okay. it not here, but it is I, going I to hope go so. somewhere. Because the only thing that's going to redeem Secret Invasion is stuff we haven't seen yet. And I think that's a problem. It is. It is a problem. And it's unfortunate. You should. So here's a great example. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The first one is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The second one the first one is fantastic on its own, but the second one, the follow-up, it pulls on those threads that were left in the first one, but what does it do? It elevates the first one by mm-hmm. being really good in the second one. And this is the kind of thing where it's Marvel's problem. And up until now, I really haven't had too much of an issue with it because at least these self-contained arcs have worked. Now, the next arc may not work well with it, but for example, WandaVision worked well by itself. And Doctor Strange worked well kind of by itself, but you needed them together. You know, this doesn't work well by itself. Moon Knight. And I, I said I'd back off. I'm backing Moon off a Knight little bit more. Moon Knight worked well by itself. <laughs> Sorry. It, you know, I don't see, I'd love to see Moon Knight interact with somebody, but then go away, right? Nick Fury has been so in, integral to the MCU from the first movie forward. That this should have been a lot better than it is. Again, and I'm uh, I'm mad. It should be better than it is because Samuel L. Right. Jackson's there. Here's we just spent all this money happened. on this actor. I think they came up with a script for a movie. And then they were like, streaming is the way of the future. Let's just make all of our movies into TV shows. And so they said, let's do this. And some actor or some um, writer-producer who's... Well known enough, but not like, you know, he's not bringing in a huge amount of money. Is like, I can do that. And they said, okay, you and Sam Jackson work together to make a move, to make a TV series. And we love Sam Jackson, but is he a writer producer? Not that I've seen. He's a producer for sure, but. Right. Okay. Um, and Sam, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I apologize. You, you can slap me across the face. I, you know. That's an invitation to you. Not Samantha, Sam Jackson. No, you you, you can't. You can't slap him across the face, Sam, because that's it is, insult. It is, but I'd allow it. <laughs> anyway. Um, he might do that publicly, but I think privately Sam Jackson's like, yeah, I'm right there right. with you, Sam. <laughs> so, okay, the point is. Or he'll say something that would yeah, convey that. The point that, is, you know? I don't know that there was a writer-storyteller person involved in these conversations that was strong enough to go up against Sam wanting to have these deep character moments. That's what it feels like to me is that Sam Jackson wanted to have these deep character moments and there wasn't somebody on the other side of it going, okay, but what does that tell us about the story? How does that inform the story? And we need to move the story forward. 
I would have if it were me, but it's not me because I sell bread and don't actually work in the movies. I would have taken all the Super Scroll stuff out and just had it be, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers type of thing, right? Nobody knows who anybody is. That's okay. And then have, like, the very end of it be some tragic accident gives Gaia all of the um, Super Scroll powers. Like, you could have done that differently and still have it mean anything. Gravik was a cool bad guy. Wow, I'm getting on a soapbox, too. Gravik was a cool bad guy, but he didn't mean anything. In the end, he went out like a punk, just like Maria Hill. I'm going to get off my set. Which isn't a bad thing. Letting the villain go out like a punk, sometimes what the villain deserves. You know, this is a guy who blames everything on everyone else and not his own actions, like his own choices here. Everything that brought him to that point, yeah, Fury might have pushed him in the wrong direction, but he had the opportunity to stop, collaborate, and listen and choose what's right and choose good. He had every opportunity, and instead he starts killing his own people. Because they are a warrior race and they are now beggars, you know, and I run with that. That's that's fine. But allow. First of all, it it became anticlimactic to me to not have the emotional climax actually include the character that we are supposed to be following whose solo show this is supposed to be. Gaia needs that resolution with Gravik, no doubt. But so does Fury. And Fury doesn't get that. And that's 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 me looking at it from like the, the writer perspective, what I would have done. And so maybe maybe it does work. I mean, in the real world, you don't always get what you want. But sometimes you get what you but need. You try sometimes you just you might get what you need. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I just feel like you're right, Stuart. We, we have point A, we have point B, and then we have a writer's room that is creating the scripts as they go along, but not going back and changing things early on when they do things in the later scripts that kind of go against what happened in the earlier scripts. And, you know, and so you have, yeah, there, there's just moments that aren't well thought out. And then there's moments that are so beautiful that would have been so wonderful in a better made mm-hmm. series, like the funeral sequence. That funeral sequence is beautiful and they're doing the prayer and they're having this emotional moment together. And then that emotional moment includes like them walking away. They, they, they're in the house together and they have a little bit of emotional moment, you know, where, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Gaia confronts Vara and says, you know, did, did he love you for who you were and what you looked like? And she's like, you stay, that, that, that is not your business. You, you're young. You think you know everything and blah, blah, blah. It's a great, great moment. The moment when she's... And then she explains why they, why they have the house and why she chose that house. He loves three things. He loves his privacy. He loves light. He loves, uh, I can't remember the third thing, um, weapons. But um, when she, when she it's tells... Not weapons, but... Light. When she, when she light. admits that she doesn't yeah. know the prayers... And uh, Vara embraces her into that moment. That's really touching. Mm-hmm. And it's a good character beat. Right. But here's the problem. How the heck does Fury have the keys to the body? Fury says, take Talos to Vara. She'll know what to do. 
How does he have Talos's body? It was left in the middle of a ben, battlefield ben, that was ben, a crime ben, scene. Ben, Ben, um, one, ben. The, he's Nick Fury. No, he's uh, not anymore. No, 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 no. I, I have reasoning. Okay, so one, the the location of where Talos was killed when the president was attacked was in England. Two, he knows Sonya. I think that's how he got the body. He asked Sonya. Unfortunately, uh, though. Thank goodness an adult is here in the middle of Ben's that thing. I think that's a stretch. <laughs> and I think Ben's more correct. And and by way of this, Daniel is also correct. Yeah, he, He's I Nick Fury. So he gets it done. Yeah, but both of those are definitely solutions they mm-hmm. could use, but they never address it. And it's just this weird moment to me where like how that body was left on the field. That is something that his body should be being studied right now or it's it's criminal evidence frankly like this this whole battle scene is a crime scene an assassination attempt on a foreign dignitary a foreign politician and it just it just all it's it's messy now, it gets us from one point. We need the point where Talos dies. We need the resolution with Gaia where she buries her father and says, the last thing I said to him was you were weak or I can't remember, you, you never win or whatever it might be. And what kind of daughter says that? You need those two beats. They are great. But you need to change your battle scene so that it makes sense to be able to go from point A to point B. And I just feel like the, the showrunners needed to show run with a little bit more of an yep. editing hand than they did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I also missed not seeing um, Nick Fury as a spy. You know, the greatest Marvel cinematic movie is Winter Soldier. And part of the reason it is Winter Soldier is because Nick Fury is spying it up all over the place. But let's look at what this could have been, Stuart, and why they didn't do it. This was easier. This was easier. I won't say it's lazier, but it's definitely easier. They could have given us a movie or not a movie. They could have given us a series where he is on the run from the get go because of Maria Hill's murder. It was revealed to the world early on that he did this. He's on the run. Why can't he call in his friends? Two reasons. One is they don't trust him because they saw him kill Maria Hill. And so either it's not him and he's a scroll and they don't trust him or he did kill her. So one way or another, they can't trust him when he calls on them. The other is he can't trust them because he, they might be a body snatcher. And so he has to do this alone with the only the people he can trust. Who can he trust? Talos. Who can he trust? Gaia. Who can he trust? Sonya. And they don't have to be the A level. Um, you don't need a. You don't need Chris Evans to come in. You could have a uh, uh, Falcon. You could have Anthony Mackie be there and be like, and Nick Fury calls Anthony Mackie and he's like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, he was doing twisted metal. He didn't have time for this, but but that's my uh, point. You went. You didn't even need them on the screen, right. though. That's the thing. You don't. You don't need. You don't need Paul Rudd on the screen to have right. a phone call where you only hear one side. And imagine Fury trying to convince Ant Man, and realizing Ant Man's such an idiot, I can't convince him. But he is a voice 
with that That would have been hilarious. The, and he's, you get the sense that it's like the last call he's going to make. He's like, if I don't, if, if I can't convince this guy, it's never going to happen. He calls it up and Scott, it just goes to voicemail. <gasps> no, Luis answers. Luis should answer. And then that's the, <laughs> we're, we're already making the story better. So, yeah, but, but. But Stuart, you you love this. It's only going to get better with every episode. Daniel, <laughs> Stuart was young and naive was a back in those child. days when we recorded that episode six weeks ago. <laughs> no, okay, it was longer. So I want to re-steal this because we've got just a lot of anger. Here. <laughs> I think okay? we invited Daniel on to be the marriage counselor. So I want to ask three questions. I'm supposed to be the grumpy, edgy one, for heaven's well, sakes. you know, you're out of the loop. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. I am normally very forgiving, but this, they just made so many Me messy too. mistakes. I mean, I if you've listened to the past. So, I, let, let's get your three questions, so, so, Three questions. Yeah, I, I, I get It's the same question that's going to basically have three different Angles that it's going to go. And I'm going to be honest. In there, I am going to have my opportunity to get angry and mad. And we have to make sure that Sam has an opportunity to get angry and mad in here, too. So, does this matter? Number one, does this impact Marvels at all? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that if you go from Spider-Man Homecoming to Marvels, you don't need this. If they are smart. Because... People aren't watching this. And if you need this, it, how can it matter? It should matter by giving a little bit of subtext to Marvels. But you should be able to go from Fury in Spider-Man to Fury here. And it's all okay. Yeah. And, and I, I think we don't need a human scroll war in the Marvels. I don't think we need DCA crawl scree. A scroll create negotiation in Marvels. So I agree. I don't I don't want this to impact Marvels. So there. I don't want it to. The only way that this could impact Marvels is if Vara shows up. And there there may be if she does, there may be some fans who are scratching their heads, but all they have to say is, Oh yeah, I uh, Vara is is Nick Fury's secret wife. Okay. And okay. honestly, Depending on how they present what you just said, Samantha, they could just fudge the, you know, the vagary here and be like, you know, he could have met her at any time. It could be his wife since Spider-Man yeah. and not since, you know, the battle for of 20 New York. years. Yeah. Yeah. So number two, does Gaia and the Skrull slash human civil roar impact anything or is Gaia just going to hang out with Harley now? I don't know. Harley, what? You remember Harley? That nice little kid with his garage? Oh, gotcha. Uh, Iron I'm like, Three. I'm like, Margot Robbie? Is this another Barbie reference that <laughs> I missed? Showed up, he showed up at the <laughs> No, Harley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the one kid in the crowd. You were like, who is that? And then somebody, was, and somebody points out on the internet, oh, that's the kid from Iron Man 3 in the garage. Yeah. Don't worry, we only had to look at the credits to figure it out. Yes. <laughs> Follow-up question, Daniel. Do you want to see Gaia again? No. Mm. I think they wasted her. I 
I, w- I wanted her to be Abigail Brand. I think it would have been a better story if the Secret Wars included Abigail Brand doing spy stuff. So, so no, no, I, I'm good. Yeah. So here's here's the problem. They set up what you're talking about this human scroll war thing. They set it up, and to me, the most interesting thing out of all of this series is what they set up with the like part two of Secret Invasion. Are we ever going to get a Secret Invasion part two where we get to see this follow up, the aftermath here? Yes, but not this. Right. But so he's talking about humans are now on the warpath. There are people who heard the dog whistle and they're going now and they are killing humans who they think are scrolls. They're killing scrolls who aren't doing anything wrong and they are killing scrolls in, in positions of power or whatever. And, and then also people are getting killed going out and trying to kill them. And so to me, that is okay. You just set up secret invasion part two. That's interesting. But instead we skip over all that. We get a five second montage. And then you have the president telling fury, Hey, get them off my planet then. And then we are going to see in the Marvels, finally captain Marvel coming back or whatever. And being like, yeah, the Kree are good. We're going to be able to do this. And oh, now there's hijinks and shenanigans in the middle of uh, uh, in the middle of diplomacy where Captain Marvel keeps turning into somebody else. Ha ha ha. Switching powers. And which don't get me wrong, could be a really good movie. Don't get me wrong. It really could. But we skipped over this super interesting idea that really should be almost not quite a blip defining moment for the MCU but it should be up there. Are we going to get it in armor wars? Maybe. So maybe the idea that anybody could be a scroll is interesting and it could change the way we look at the past, you know, 30 odd movies or whatever it is. I don't think they set that up here. Except for Rhodey. But again, does this matter? Question number three, does this matter for armor wars? The answer is yes. Uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Be- There's because, no way. <laughs> be- because because here's the thing. The biggest problem I've had is how do you make an inciting incident to create an armor wars for Rhodey? Because for uh, for Stewart, uh, what armor wars is, is Tony Stark one day realized that everybody had his technology. And so then he went around the world taking it all back. And he'd go beat up all these other armored, hero, armored heroes and villains who had his armor. Notice I said heroes and took it all away. And this 100% sets it up because of the fact that um, since Rhodey's been a Skrull, we can believe that Skrull Rhodey probably sold off Iron Man technology. And now Rhodey coming out from his coma is ready to go take it back. So now we have our inciting incident for Armor Wars and why Rhodey's going around beating up heroes and villains. So that that works. There, there's your sequel. It's Armor Wars. But I have a but. I I I do not care what Ali Salim is saying about how long Rhodey has been a scroll. I do not believe. No, it. no. It just because it's not it's not believable no. from a from what we've seen on the screen. It is a hundred percent not believable that he has been a scroll since the end of Civil War. A hundred percent not because of who that character because of the character's behavior. Jerk, uh, scrawl Rody is jerk Rody, and we've only really seen jerk Rody here. Yeah, it's 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 a problem in what they were trying to do makes sense. Okay, we can create this 
mystery. We can create this idea of he could, when did it happen? When did it happen? But what they're saying as far as when it happened just does not work for me. It does not work at all. And it doesn't work because of what they showed us. Right. Right. This roadie cares about himself. This roadie is selfish. This roadie is a, is a jerk. If anything, it, it might make Ben's old case about Iron Man 3, uh, about wh- why did Tony never give him armor? Well, because he knew something was off with him because he was jerk roadie. He's not jerk roadie. And t- I mean, he, Captain America and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he's not jerk roadie. He's jerk roadie here. It's the only place we see it. I was going to say, it would have been more... Con- I said this in, uh, when we talked about episode four. It would have been more convincing if Rhodey wanted um, Nick Fury arrested instead of assassinated. It would have made so much more sense. And that's because if Rhodey was under orders to, you know, stop Nick Fury, that's what he would have done. And he would have put him in that floating prison. Do they still have the floating prison? I cannot remember. The one that's on the ocean that, that held the... Yeah, yeah. Left is out there somewhere. It's out there somewhere, yeah. But, yeah, he he's just a jerk from the beginning of the series. And I think they... I'm not sure if they even specified when Rhodey went missing. They didn't in the show. They didn't in the show. But he's, but he's in his braces, and he's in a hospital gown. And so, again, the director of Secret Invasions come back, and he said, well, you know, you, the hospital gown points to Civil War. And so he's saying throughout all of Infinity War, through Endgame, through Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that he, this was Skrull. And he's not that. He's not. He doesn't behave in the same way in all those things. Again, if you told me after Falcon and the Winter Soldier... They took him, I'd be fine. If you told me the reason he's in his braces in Falcon and the Winter Soldier is because he's been incapacitated. I mean, at the end of Secret Invasion, he's been incapacitated again, or he had some sort of Stark tech that was allowing him to walk, and they took it away, the scrolls did. I'd buy that. But I cannot buy that he led human beings through the end of Endgame and all those crises and was a level-headed, non-jerky person until he just decided one day he really likes Pappy Van Winkle and himself and being irrational. The, the problem is it's a retcon. And so they're they're making the change after the fact. So obviously all of those things, except maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier, it wasn't even an idea that he was a Skrull until they were developing this show. And so that's where they should have been looking at it and saying, what's the logical point that makes sense character arc wise, instead of what's the logical point that makes sense as far as how can we visually, you know, it just. But it's a bombshell. It's a bombshell bid. The problem is it wasn't a bombshell in the story. It wasn't a bomb. I mean, it was, Oh, Rhodey is is a scroll now. When did he show up? We're not going to tell you in the show. We're going to wait till the writer, director, producer guy comes out and says it in an interview. (laughs) Does an interview after the show. And to me, that's the biggest problem. And now in Armor Wars, because of this, these quotes and the interviews that he's done, we're going to have to have a three-minute recap where Mm -hmm. he's some you know we go back in time and we see when the scrolls grab him when he's at the hospital for a checkup to find out why his stark tech didn't work anymore it it is possible that he could have been switched out when he could have had 
another surgery that would have assisted him in healing in addition to having the Stark tech help him walk. Or maybe he had some sort of upgrade with the Stark Rig. Who's in charge of Armor Wars? Who's making that? Well, now that it's a movie, nobody really Disney? knows. Disney? <laughs> I don't know. All Mar- I know Marvel. is that it's... Is Disney. It, it's never had a release date. It's always been TBD right. for release date. So, I don't know. It's still in pre- pre-production. That's all I know. I bet... I bet it goes through a couple of people, and I bet they look at the whole slate of projects coming up from now until Kang Dynasty, whatever. And they revamp things to not necessarily make Secret Invasion work, but to at least give it some legitimacy. Because you can't take it off of Disney Plus, you can't do that because it has. You can take anything off of Disney the, Plus. Do you remember really when we were can't. watching Runaways and then they took di- uh, Runaways okay. off of Disney Plus after we recorded about episodes one through four? I mean, they right. took they Prodigy take off. off of Paramount Plus, and that is like does a legit Star Trek. I mean, does okay. Paramount and Star Trek are like they're making decisions nobody understands. But Secret that, Invasion that's, that's the point. You can make decisions nobody understands. It could happen. Secret Invasion though has one of the biggest stars in Hollywood attached to it. If they took it off Disney Plus, can you imagine the backlash Sam Jackson would throw at it? If he makes one. He he's getting paid. I mean No, he's getting paid. He's getting paid on the back end. He has to be. Oh, that's, that's right. That's the only way EP. he would make that deal. Yeah, yeah. Because he's an executive producer, so he would get a little bit more. So they're not going to remake the same mistake they did with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow. You and I can have this debate. Again, they are taking things off because of deals like that. That's why they're removing these things is because they're trying to keep them from getting paid. And you and I both know when Bob was here the first time with Long Live His Reign, he was more than happily pro pro actor, pro creatives. He is mm-hmm. you know, Bob's second reign here. He's less than that he, now. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, yeah, and I understand he's in the middle of a dispute and there's two sides and he is fully on one side because of what his position is. But again... He has taken a number. There's a number of things that have been removed. I mean, Zach Efron, he's not getting his money that he's supposed to be getting. Not Zach Efron. Ugh. Zach uh, Scrubs guy. Ugh. Cheaper by the dozen. Oh, Zach Braff. Yes. Zach Braff's not getting his pay because, again, they took cheaper by the dozen down. Now. Yeah, but. Z- and is Zach Sam Braff even going to notice? Is, is he even going to notice? Does Zach even? Does Sam even care? What, what's the worst thing that Disney's going to do to him? Not letting him be Nick Fury again? Does he plan on being Nick Fury after the Marvels? Do we even know? No, we don't. And I, I don't think, I don't think we are going to see him. I, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to retire. But I, I think the Marvels might be the his swan song, and and hopefully is a good one. And hopefully it's not a he's going to die. But it's going to be a he rides off into the sunset with Priscilla and no one who has seen anyone who's not seen uh, Secret Invasion is going to understand. Oh, this is a really nice moment. 
because we had these moments with with Vara on on Secret Invasion. Stuart, they took down John Stamos. John Stamos. If there's anyone that Disney in the same league, oh, it's John Stamos. They love him. They uh, uh, he's got the Disneyland. They love him to death. He's got the Disneyland sign at home. What what did what did John ever do to hurt? He's not the same. They it took down Samuel John Stamos. You can't tell me they won't hurt Sam Jackson after they hurt John Stamos. Huh? The the, the muscle would cut somebody <laughs> if he had to. Uh, do we have anything else, Ben? Uh, I'm looking yes, through my notes right now. Yes, I have now. something. I have something. One, I saw the uh, that it was Gaia as Fury in the nuclear reactor from a mile away. It was the obvious choice. That was a smart Nick Fury choice to send her in instead of himself, because that would have been the end of him. Two, it was dumb to send her in with that vial with all the DNA. It was that was dumb, so dumb. Yes, that's your plan. That's your Give- plan. To- Give, give him ultimate what he power wants. to the villain <laughs> and then hope that getting ultimate power herself is going to be enough that she can. What if she didn't win the battle? I don't know, because they were equally powered after that machine changed their DNA. They were e- on but, equal standing. It could have been one or the other. It was a coin flip at that point. Exactly. But, but, Ken, but, but Ken's had scroll, super scroll powers longer. He's had versions of it. He's had right. learned how to learn it, use but it a little bit. Wouldn't have that D- that DNA also mixed in with hers, and hers mixed in with him. So they both had the same power set. They they both had the practice. same power set. He just had experience, yeah, experience and practice. And yeah. along with that, she knew how to. This is another problem with the script for me. They knew how to use these powers immediately. Yeah. And to the point, that, and what brought me out was when she changed to Mantis, and said sleep. As if she knew exactly, like, how does she know how to use all these powers? Did the DNA come with, you know, an automatic instruction manual in your head? Did it come with trace memories? No, she has Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, she has Disney Plus. And Ben, Ben, she has faith. Faith of, faith the, of heart. the heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, that, that bugged me because they were able, there should have been trial. There should have been error. There should have been like, instead of just a moment of, oh, I, it, it was, it was, uh, Neo, I know Kung Fu, you know, it was just auto- automatic. Right. And she was, oh, oh, I turned my arm into an ice blade. That's cool. And now I know exactly how to use everything in my body. And okay. Just, speaking of the ice blade, where did that come from? Who is that? Uh, I th- which Avenger? Not an Avenger. Turn- I, I I think it's from uh, from Asgard. I was going to say, did that okay. come from the ice box that was from the Frost Giants in the first Thor movie? It and, must have. And does that mean that the ice box had DNA? Its own DNA. Look, everything has DNA. <laughs> what you're what you're when you're doing TV science? Oh, Hello, you know water, what? what you're, uh, or DNA? was it Frost Giant DNA? <laughs> or was it Frost Giant DNA? I think Frost Giant. Okay, that would make the, sense, but it's just... I, it's, I, may, I may be wrong. It's, it seems like it just kind of is a power that came out. It's Iceman! Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. Because isn't there... Isn't one of the Fantastic Four ice? No. no. Oh, he's an X-Man! No. Yeah. He's an X-Man. I, you're... Mm, 
The, the, he hung out with Spider-Man and Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Come on, dude. There you go. The 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 plotting of this story left a lot to be desired. Um we and I'm talking about all six episodes. Less like tell me something I don't know and more like let's actually tell me something I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's something I want to know. I I just looked up the actress who plays Vara, and I am currently looking up Amelia Clark. Neither of them are showing up in the Marvels. I, I guarantee you, we're never going to see. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we never see either of those characters again. And I fe- and if so, I feel like this entire series was just completely wasted. <laughs> I don't know if we'll see Nick Fury after with... the Marvels. They're going to go not... off with Deadline. <laughs> It's not <laughs> walking the earth, solving walking crimes. Walking the earth. <laughs> Here's the thing. Old man it's Nick not, Fury. It's not a waste if it gives you a good story in the moment. So Moon Knight, we may never get a, a follow-up to Moon Knight, but it wasn't a waste because no. we like the story, oh, we like the journey. Yeah. You know, And yeah. so it's a problem when we're saying, is this a waste? It shouldn't have to be connected to everything in order to have its own meaning and to have its own value. It, it should stand the, alone with value. And then it should also feed into all the other stuff if you want to keep it all connected. And that's, and that's fun. And that's one great. of the reasons the daredevil thing in She-Hulk is really interesting is because we have three seasons and a whatever, four seasons, I guess of, Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock and Daredevil. And that's really interesting. And if we only ever had those four seasons, we would have been sad because of the greater impact of it. But those four seasons are relevant and good storytelling, right? This is not that. And it's honestly the same with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to a a level where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., was good in its own right, even though whatever you want to say about continuity and canon and all that stuff, there's all those, you know, geeky fun arguments we can have about that stuff. But what matters, yeah, but what matters when you look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is from beginning to end, there's Mm -hmm. value in the story told. And that's what should have been happening here. Unfortunately, there were so many problems because I feel like they had these great moments the funeral, the conversations that Fury had with Vara, the show off, showdown, the the where they're both sand, sitting with each other with a gun pointed at each other. That was a beautiful moment, and but it didn't fit what Gar- Gravik needed to do. Gravik and Rhodey, Gravik should have never told Rhodey to tell Vara to kill Fury if Gravik needed Fury alive <laughs> to be able to. Uh, get the the DNA stuff and Rhodey. Now that I think of it, Rhodey, when they're having that first face you know, face off in the on the hospital, Rhodey's last interaction that I remember about Fury with Gravik was tell Vara to kill Fury. And here Rhodey has a chance with a gun to Fury's head, and and then has a chance where he's standing behind Secret Service agents in sixty seconds. Everyone's going to know that Fury killed Maria Hill. And in 60 seconds, everyone's going to know that Fury was involved with the president. Now, sure, he saved him, but they can spin that. In 60 seconds, 
those Secret Service guys could have killed Fury and no one would have batted an eye that this murdering murderer who murders was just murdered by a Skrull that they don't know is a Skrull. They think he is a legitimate representative of the U.S. government giving orders to legitimate representatives of the Secret Service or UK people, whoever they are, the, the SSI or whatever it is. You've got these situations that come up where they are great moments, but we have to undercut these great moments to get to the next great moment that we have instead of trying to figure out how do we work this all together. There should have been an editor in the room, a content editor, not a grammar editor. I'm talking about someone who takes a look at all six scripts all together. This is the story runner. This is the show runner who says, hmm, we need to adjust things to make this more streamlined, to make this work. Maybe they could keep all of the moments they want, but they still have to maybe sacrifice a couple. That is a, uh, it's a maxim in the writing world to kill your darlings, to allow yourself to let go of some of these things that you are in love with so much so that you can have it all work together as a greater whole that you can love so much. And they didn't do it here. And I'm stepping off my soapbox. I'm done until final words. I'm going to pass it over to you guys. I have no more notes. I've ranted my rant. And I've dominated the conversation, which is what usually ends up happening. But okay. Keep, yeah, kill your darlings and keep Everett Ross strapped into that device where he, where his memories were being uh, taken from the scroll. (laughs) Keep him strapped in? You remember when Gaia, after she killed that Ken Gravik, after she killed Gravik, she went down into the basement where they were keeping the humans that the scrolls were impersonating, and she freed them from this machine, and they were strapped in. She mm-hmm. only unstrapped a few people, but she left Everett Ross strapped oh. in. <laughs> <laughs> and they lingered on that for a long time. <laughs> but he gets out. He get, he's like, hey, Colonel Rhodes, which does Everett even know Rhodes? I mean, yeah, I, I maybe professional. It was interesting, the conversation there, because it was and it was he asked the question that we're all asking and it didn't make sense for him to ask it mm-hmm. that way. How long have you been here? Like, did yeah, but, by the way, if you told me that he in uh, Black Panther 2 was a scroll, that one I'd believe. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But he wasn't. We don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> uh we are we good? Did we did we get some did we get some stuff out? Do we have a good cleanse? <laughs> I'm still <laughs> yeah. mad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we we need to move on. You, you know what I'm yeah. you know what I'm yeah. thinking, Ben? What? It's time. Let's finish this. Yes. Okay. So final words, everyone. <laughs> I would like to thank Dave, Julie, Blessed Cheesemaker, Jeffrey, and Andrew, our Patreon patrons. Thank you all so very much for supporting our podcast. Stuart. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I hope you really enjoyed this episode of us. Uh, ultimately, we like the MCU guys. Don't think we don't. Daniel. Final words. It it's fine. It's nothing outstanding. It's a television program that you can find on Disney Plus. That's where I'm at, and I'm really really excited that every episode it just got better and better for Stuart per 
episode one of Welcome to Level Seven's coverage. Yes, that's and something. and I will say I did enjoy parts of the series. I'm not sad that I watched it. I don't feel like it was a waste of time completely. I wish that I hadn't watched it twice these last two episodes because the first time I watched episode five, I was like, wow, there's a lot of promise coming. There's still the thing with Garrett Gravick, but there's promise. Sam Jackson walking out of the tomb at the end of that episode. Okay, we're going to take us to the finale. And then episode six was just, I feel like the series itself, if it was talking back to us, would just brag about how, how versatile the series was in some ways. I feel like this is what the series would say to me. This is what the series would say to me if it was talking to me about who or what it was. The, the series would say, I'm staggeringly versatile. To give you a couple examples, I'm very good at being your bestie. I'm also devilishly good at being not your bestie. It's really just a matter of taste. Cake or death. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 1-775-5-LEVEL-7. That's 1-775-553-8357. Or send us an email. Just send it to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Get early access to episodes, get bonus material that doesn't go out on the regular feed. And if you do that, thank you so much. But once again, I want to thank everyone for joining us in the conversation. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. Okay, let's talk about what hopefully is going to be a little more positive movies that you guys have seen that I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) But especially, I mean, the reason we were going to talk about this is because of the Disney connection to Haunted House. Haunted Mansion. Haunted House? (laughs) Oh, geez. They got to work on branding. (laughs) Yikes. So let's talk about that Disney movie, but then... In the lead up to this, we, we started talking about other movies that everyone had seen. So go for it. Take Let's take five minutes, ten minutes, talk about movies that are out there that you guys have seen. I haven't seen very many movies since Spider-Man, Flash. I haven't been in the theater. If it makes you feel better, we've been busy at different times this summer, so I still haven't seen The Flash. Hmm. And I'm not going to watch The Flash, so it's fine. Yeah, just wait. If I, I think the movie, The Flash itself, is worth watching. You have to kind of like set aside the real world issues, but it's it's no, it's a pretty good. Uh, I'm um, not anti sci-fi I'm seeing The Flash. I want to see The Flash. I understand all those yeah. other issues. I I think that those other issues may have ruined even a, a not great Harry Potter franchise to begin with. In, in the sense of yeah. Fantastic Beasts had its own problems. I think the last movie, because of real life problems, is a mess. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. But uh, again, I'm not against the Flash. I want to see the Flash. I just haven't had time. Yeah. So okay. it'll you be did on get Max to see Haunted Mansion though, right? Yeah, I got to see Haunted House. <laughs> <laughs> so what did what did you think, Daniel? So um, I don't like scary things. I think I've said that before. Mm-hmm. 
I know that the debate the last few years is Eddie Murphy wasn't good enough. He was too funny. It wasn't scary enough, which I think there's a lot in that movie that's scary, maybe even scarier than in this 2023 movie. I, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. I think it was fun. It had a few jump scares. I know we had friends who have kids that are in the 10 to 12 age, and we said, you know, if they can handle jump scares, they can handle this movie. It's not that scary. I think it's got great homages to The Haunted Mansion, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. franchise. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought Danny DeVito was great. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I liked it. But again, but knowing Ben, would I say to Ben, Ben, you got to go see The Haunted Mansion in theaters? I probably would tell him he could wait a few months and see it on Disney+. Plus. It probably could. I liked the, there's a lot of, if you've been on The Haunted Mansion ride, more than once, there's a lot of things in there. You'll be like, oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. If you're going into it without that sort of knowledge, I think that there's some things that are going to go over your head and you'll be like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Now, to be fair, I also went into it wearing a baseball jersey that was customized to be a Haunted Mansion baseball jersey while wearing a Haunted Mansion hat. Right. So... (laughs) I feel like there's a very targeted audience, um, and I don't know how widespread appeal it is. It, it, but that being but said, they released it in the wrong time of the year. Yes. Yeah. I, my daughter asked me about that, and I, I said, I think it's so that it can be on streaming before Halloween. Yep. That's exactly what it is. But because, um, and I wonder if the other part, of it, I wonder if Marvel special effects weren't ready. Well, th- that too, but I, I mean, I to be fair, that- it was Mar- it was the Marvel's original slot. Go to McDonald's, go get your Happy Meals, kids. I know Stuart is. Yeah, I, yeah, I know I've Stuart's already gotten some. Yeah, yeah, I just showed them. It was fun. So I, I think it's actually a good thing that the Marvels was moved to November because if they had released the Marvels a week after Barbieheimer or Barbenheimer or whatever it's called. I don't know if it would if it would have made as much movie because people had just spent their movie money on, you know, the previous weekend on two big blockbusters. Have you seen? But Haunted Mansion is supposed to be a big blockbuster. I don't think it made such an impact because I saw Barbie the weekend that Haunted Mansion was released, and I didn't, I didn't really see many ads for it. Look, nobody expected Barbieheimer to be what it was like Barbie. I think they expected to make lots of money. I don't, I, I think they expected to be a success. I didn't know. If, I don't think they expected to be a raging success and the same with Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer was like, well, it's Christopher Nolan. We got to do it in theaters. Cause we, you know, cause he only makes IMAX movies. Yeah. Right. But I don't think anyone expected that to be what it ended up being. And I, this, this summer is shaped up to be a crazy big, Summer between you know Spider Man and Barbie and Oppenheimer. Now you throw Flash in there. There's a there's money there. Not as much money as you're expecting, but but Barbie being the huge explosive success that it was, and Oppenheimer being about a huge explosion that <laughs> nobody expected people to be well, interested in a biopic. But I'm still as somebody who's read a lot about Oppenheimer and has a history degree, I'm still fascinated with the fact that all of a sudden y'all want to talk about Oppenheimer. I mean, for heaven's sakes. But again, as, as, as Nolan has said, he could be the most important man of the, you know, in history. So, 
But 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 then you're like, there's money here, there's money here, there's a, there's not a ton of money in movies right at the moment. I mean, there's Barbie and there's Oppenheimer and there's Spider Man. But if you're the Haunted Mansion, if you are Elemental in the United States, there's so many movies now where our movie buying habit is. Oh, I can wait for it to be on streaming. That's the thing. But Haunted Mansion coming out when it did was actually not a a bad bet because they would have expected three weeks after Barbie is going to have run its course. No, no, it was not three weeks. It was not. It was the next weekend. Yeah. Haunted Mansion was the next it's weekend. The next weekend. It's seven days. Yeah. yeah it de- after Barbie? Yes, no way. It debuted in third because again, Oppenheimer and Barbie were still one and two. I thought there was more time in between no, no, there. No, 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 no. For it to, no. Oh wow. Ben, you're confused okay, well. because they did they did all the premieres and the promotions before the actor strike, which I'm was about a week seeing, and a half. No, I'm no, still no, seeing no. commercials for. I'm I'm confused because I'm seeing conf- uh, commercials for Haunted Mansion as if it came out last weekend. I think what they're trying it did to do come is out get last people. weekend. Yeah, it came oh, out yeah. a week from today. I'm also confused because I have no sense of time yeah. right now. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came out a week from today. And the thing is, is when you talk about those commercials, I think they're trying to capture people. Maybe you had a great time at Barbie and you want to go to a movie again. The problem is, is the box office was, and there was so low, and the reviews have been so meh. That I don't think anybody is going to say, oh, I had a great weekend last weekend at Barbie. I'm going to go to the Haunted Mansion movie. But they might watch a double feature on Disney Plus with the Muppets <laughs> Halloween special they, from last year that was not good. They might. And you might get some subscribers retained because right. of the fact that in that proper time frame. But again, it's not like Disney Plus is rolling money right at the moment. I mean, it's the parks. The parks is Disney's machine right at the moment. Yeah. Entertainment's not. And, and even that's taking a hit. So I actually saw Oppenheimer. Actually, we were going to go to the theater um, one night at like mid, you know, nine o'clock or whatever. And I was like, no, that's going to be too late. Um, so we actually did get to see Oppenheimer in the theater. It wasn't an IMAX theater, but it was big. And I feel like. With every Christopher Nolan movie, you have to see it big or else you're going to miss out on things. And yeah, Oppenheimer is a movie about a bunch of people sitting in a room talking. But it's engaging. And I don't know if Oppenheimer is the most interesting person. Or what What was it, Daniel? Most important person in the world in history or whatever? Again, he created the atomic bomb. So... <laughs> The most the most interesting person in the world is a very different person. <laughs> yeah. I, what what was the quote you just gave? He's like the most important. And again, it's because of what okay. he created and how it changed the world and the threat we're now under. I mean. Yeah. And have been since, yeah. you know, it was 70 years ago. More. Right. The storytelling aspect of it was interesting. You know, he's skipping around time frames and all that sort of stuff. But that's a very Nolan thing. Um Unlike Tenet, I thought it was the right amount of time. I thought Tenet was either 25 minutes too long or an entire movie too short. Um, and I feel like Oppenheimer is, was, was good. I think people are responding to Barbie and Oppenheimer and a couple of other sort of smaller type of movies that aren't related to big 
IP. Barbie's been around since the 50s. Dude, Barbie is a huge IP. Huge it IP. is, but it's not a movie IP. Yeah. You're right, but it's not a movie IP. It's, it's yeah. cinema. It's it's new to you. Clearly, the movie never watched. You pr- clearly never watched any of the Barbie Princess movies, young man. Do your homework. No, what? because I I did not allow those into my house. They're, I made they're it fantastic. through that. I made it through. We watched we watched a lot of Cinderella though. Martin Short's in those. Come on. Okay, but. I, the point is, for the average cinema-going person, even if it's a huge IP, it's still fresh in the theaters, right? Even those, even those straight-to-video DVDs were still... It's not in the theaters. So I think that's why people were liking it. Plus, I had not watched it. Samantha, you've seen it, right? Not only have I seen it, I was like, oh, I had that Barbie and that Barbie and that Barbie. Oh, the 1960s nurse Barbie. My mom has that because her mother was, her grandmother was a nurse and had the same outfit. I mean, it was just that I had a really great time seeing Barbie. It was, I was, it was, not only did I, I visually see my childhood relived on screen, I also physically had some because my cup was leaking fruit punch all over my shirt and I came out with sticky fingers very tactile experience for you. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Actually, I came out of the theater laughing because I was like, here I am, I'm 40, and I just came out of I, out of the theater looking like a child. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, but the experience wasn't necessarily about the toys, right? It, it was about the toys. Well, it was actually very much a coming-of-age film. Okay. Because it was Barbie discovering her own humanity. Okay. And, and tell me if I'm right, hey. Sam, because with me, I only used full-size G.I. Joes to hang out with Barbie when I was a kid. So I saw no <laughs> G.I. Joe in this movie. I only saw Ken's. Um, I'm shocked uh, they didn't have any G.I. Joes. I really am. Well, thank goodness I'm not the only one who thought he should be there. Uh, again... The toys are there. I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, Sam. I feel like part of the issue, part of the, the message with the toy is what the toy is supposed to mean as a message is also kind of being picked up there. You know, there's this intent that the toy is supposed to convey to us and to the kids playing with them a certain, you know, you can do this, you can do that thing. Um, and I think that that's somewhat being reinforced in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because... It says in the very beginning of the, of the movie that the only dolls that girls have played with before Barbie were baby dolls. And that meant that the girls were playing the role of mother. And what Barbie did was mm. came in and let them be an air steward, stewardess, an, a doctor, a, a pilot, a, an astronaut, a physicist, an author, a Nobel uh, Prize winner. I mean, it just, it really opened up uh, what little girls could be in their minds as adults instead of just being regulated to mother samantha yes see it in the theater or wait till comes out on streaming something um i think it i i would say either is good oppenheimer i i have heard that you definitely need to see it in the theater i mean it the bigger the better right yeah i i think we've I think Daniel is 
I don't want to put words in your mouth, Mister Butcher, but uh, we can see a haunted mansion when it comes out when it comes out on streaming. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, unless you're like me and you're showing up in a hitchhiking ghost baseball jersey. I mean, I did not show up in a hitchhiking ghost baseball jersey, but I did drive down to Green Bay to actually yeah. see it in a um, theater with a, a another podcast. So I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with Sam a smidge on Barbie. I do think maybe seeing it in the theater is a good idea, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't have a huge emotional connection to the toy. Because I saw it in a sold-out movie theater, and there was just a lot of crowd-shared uh, emotional dynamic in it. Yes. Because, again, yes, I yes. Was, you were getting, you know, like, Alan walks onto the screen, and I had no idea who Alan was, but there were people who had Alan dolls, and they were doing their chuckles, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. there was just a lot of... The crowd that, again, when we see a really, really good Marvel movie, like when we saw us the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, my crowd was into it. And if you can get a crowd that's going to help carry some of that emotion, I think it's a good thing. Where if I was just here at home, we wouldn't have gotten that. That's true, yeah, because there is some a shared experience, especially with comedies, there is a shared experience that is best experienced in the theater. Ben, what did you see? Nothing. None of this. I have not been in a theater since The Flash when people were throwing popcorn at me. So, okay. Oh, no, no, that's not true. I saw Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. Have you guys seen yeah. that? Uh, yes. No. Yeah. I'm going to watch it in streaming. No, I'm going to stream it without my timer. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen, have you seen um, Hamilton yet, Ben? No. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's where we end this episode. So. Yeah. Exactly. Daniel, Samantha, Stewart, thank you so much for joining me. Everyone else who is out there, thank you for joining us. And until next time, Godspeed. <laughs>